Arg, Grog. Kerry, it's just you and me this week on the Cider Shed podcast. Uh, the reason that I've started rather abruptly is because I've just looked at WhatsApp uh, while we were chatting, and mm. there are two messages from Matthew. One of two seconds, which is probably him trying to get his phone working through a sort of drug and booze addled haze. So did I say drug? I meant, you know, like paracetamol or some kind of medicine for hay fever, obviously. And then there's one of one minutes, two seconds. So should we listen to that? Oh, yes, please. Okay, here we go. Hello, all Cider Shed listeners, Peter and Kerry. It's Matthew here, live from Primavera Sound in Porto. Having a great, lovely time. Hope you're all having a lovely time too. It was a very lovely week on the Archers this week, I thought. I listened to it when I got in from the festival late last night and I couldn't sleep so I listened to it and I thought it was wonderful. Sorry, it's impossible to record something because someone always is making a noise on the stage here. And yeah, what a lovely week. Brian, Jim and Jazzer, Tug at the Heartstrings, uh, Steph and Liam. I can't remember much beyond that but it was lovely, wasn't it? Okay, everyone, remember to love each other and um, try and remember that we were all one consciousness and i will see you probably next week love you bye absolutely <laughs> off his f-ing face couldn't sleep everyone <laughs> love each other Just... yeah do you, do you think he was doing um preparation for boris johnson's um press conference the other day the two of them <laughs> matthew was in charge of um uh, refreshments <laughs> yeah yeah I like how he's a bit annoyed that people keep making sounds behind him on the stage <laughs> at a massive festival. Well, it was nice to hear him, though. Also, Matty's always very precise with his language. He said the word lovely, I think, eight times. Yep. That is a measure of the state of his brain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think he's seen, I mean, no mm. doubt he will tell us next week, but I think he's seen Nick Cave, um, Oh, someone, Caroline something. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite Caroline a good Caroline from the Arches. Caroline <laughs> from the Arches, back from the grave for one night in, um, in Portugal. But we should, um, we should post uh, a link to Matthew's Festival on, um, as part of the pod information. Yeah. I know he's seen Tame Impala, who I love, and Beck last night. Uh, or is it Beck tonight with Pavement, possibly? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely. Con- I mean, I I am well behind you two when it comes to keeping up with the kids on the on the whole music thing. What's in your CD player, Peter? <laughs> uh, I <laughs> CD player. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I I'm looking forward to getting one. My um, my reel to reel has a constant stream of um, well, you know, as I've said before, mainly electronica. It's mainly eighties electronica, or um, yeah, that'll do me. Uh, but what did what did Matthew mention on his um, when he was reviewing the Archer? So he was everything was lovely, and he was staying up late. And Jim and Jazza tugged at his heartstrings rather predictably. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Jim featured heavily, didn't he? At the beginning of the week, he won the Unsung Hero Award. Yeah. Uh, I liked when that was announced by Fallon and she went, and it's Jim, but didn't explain at all why he'd, he'd won it to the crowds that must have been at the fate. Who the hell's Jim? Yeah. Them yeah. <laughs> why has he won it? Uh, then Chelsea was all um, excitable and telling Lillian that it was all down to her that he'd won it because she got every, she persuaded everybody because of his uh, being a team leader in the village shop. What does that mean? Because of the cooperative, I suppose. And his uh, work on the parish council. Mm. And it, yeah, obviously it's a good choice, isn't it? Jim's done loads of stuff. Yeah. They didn't even mention him helping with the shopping for that woman with the foot problem. You were mentioning Chelsea. Like the whole, the whole week was just wonderful. Apart from the the con, you know, you and you're in my disagreement about a certain person, but mm. uh, which we'll get to later. But like the whole week was just wonderful. But it, it worked so well because you could feel the moving things around plot wise at the same time as they were also giving you like ten out of ten entertainment. Like the whole thing with Beth and Steph was fun. Um, Jim and Jazza. I mean. If anyone saw a fat man in an Oakland A's T-shirt crying just outside a Royal Mail um, delivery um, office in uh, South East London earlier on today, it wasn't me. Just say that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I was I was very close to bawling walking to the post office today, Kerry, listening to that. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, it was done. It was done very well. There were a couple of people on Twitter going, "Bloody hell, he's only moving across the green." Which which Jim actually said himself, or both of them said, "Oh, look at us, we're." idiots aren't we we're only moving over there but it's not to do with the distance is it it's to do no. with the end of an era of this bond and closeness and supportiveness they've both helped each other through tricky times mm. and that bit where, where um jazza gave him a father's day card early because it was the closest he could express how he felt for about jim and oh marvelous that was the point wasn't it it was a moment of realization they they could have just carried on for another 10 years and they probably still would have felt as just as strongly about each other. But it was this, it was a catalyst for thinking about what they had. And like you said, all of the, you know, the causes for having this very deep and very meaningful friendship. Also, are there two more likable characters? I know you're going to say Brian in, in Ambridge. I mean, they're top, they're both top five, aren't they? Just for sort of pure likability. Yeah. Brian's not likable. You don't think it was this week. That's the wrong word, isn't it? Oh, yeah, sometimes. But generally speaking, if you if you thought, right, likable characters, he's he doesn't fall into that category, really. No. I absolutely adore him, but I wouldn't say he's likable. Jim and Jazza, yes, definitely. And then Chelsea as well. Yes. Now, like that that last scene with her, like, um, I mean, was I reading too much into it? Did I? Because, you know, I'm like, I'm a sucker for, like, if they tell me something, I just believe it. So... Mm. 
um, when it was like, you know, oh, Jim, do you think you'll rent out the room? Oh, no, sequitus imbalances uh, maximus. Uh, no, I, I don't. I think that chapter has passed in my life. And then at the end, she's there kind of going, move up, prof. Let's watch that, this thing about that. And, you know, and it was, uh, you know, you feel like she's going to be in that spare room in a month or two. Yeah, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? He does like those Harry Potter spells, doesn't he? Um, I liked <laughs> it when he did his moving speech at the fate and he was quoting Marcus Porcius Cato, uh, as quoted by Plutarch. Much rather have men ask why he has no statue than why he has one. Yes. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very good saying. Was that the yeah. translation? Well, he said it in English, so. Did he? Oh, I must have missed. I must yeah. have missed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much rather have men ask why he has no statue than why he has one. It's very, very clever. It's kind of along the same lines as the uh, uh, better to stay silent and seem a fool than to open your mouth and remove any doubt. It's got the same, you know, mm. to live modestly and to you know be sort of quietly proud is the way forward. They've got a weird. Yeah. In, they've got a word in Scandinavian, haven't they, or in Swedish for that? Oh, probably. Yeah, and I mean, no one likes anyone being smug, do they? After all. No, all right, that feels quite pointed, Kerry. No need for that. No, it's just um, the two of us. It's not Matthew's not here to leaven your your you know <laughs> laser focused jabs. I did like um, Fallon when he did that speech. She sort hilariously sort of went, uh, "That was lovely, Jim," in a slightly <laughs> bewildered tone. That was really clever. I did. I mean, the writing this week was cracking and it was kerry davis who was it oh okay he does very good funny stuff i think you know the little details there were so many of them a huge amount of um popular culture references weren't there there was a joke about lollapalooza that tied in quite mm. nicely to our matthew that i've now forgotten but um i should have remembered it so uh yeah, he did. That was what Brian said. He said, um, I came here to do a bit of bending and stretching, not a load of hippy trippy cosmic Lola Palooza. <laughs> that's it. What Matthew's up to in Portugal. Yeah, exactly. That was, <laughs> that's what I was trying to remember. But, um, the What was the other one? Um, oh, my brain's turned to people. Oh, just, just, that, just that the idea that, uh, like, you know, Jim is modest. Mm. But also he's confident enough to be himself. So if he wants to quote Latin, and speak to people who might appreciate research or understand what he's saying, he's going to do it anyway. He's not mm. going to dumb down for the sake of like pandering to the lowest common denominator, which, you know, can be misinterpreted as has happened many times with Jim as loftiness or pomposity, but actually is just a sort of a, that's the way, if that's how he's going to communicate his affection, that's how it's going to be how he does it. And that kind of played out with um, Jazz's book, his new book. Yes. That was great, wasn't it? You're quite right. Absolutely spot on about him properly being himself. And mm. he's the he's the furthest from anyone being lofty or snobby about stuff, isn't he? Mm. Because he's like that. It makes for great um, comedic opportunities for when Jazza crashes in saying, you know, do you want to play exploding kittens <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever that yeah. thing is? <laughs> I would be um, interested to know. I mean, obviously, like Kerry Davis has got a bit of a kind of like following. Like, you know, people often, if there's been a good week, there's a kind of like, oh, it must have been a Kerry week, people sort of say, mm. because there's an assumption that he owns all the best sort of one-liners and wit, which, you know, mm. it's a deserved reputation, but sometimes not always the case. But mm -hmm. I would love to know how much of that is 
in the editorial notes and how much of that is in his script writing. So like when it's, does it just say Jazza goes back to Jim's uh, after an argument with Tracy and the rest is in Kerry Davis's purview. Like that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. He, they are noticeably different though. The styles of weeks, aren't they? Yeah. I yeah, think. Absolutely. Oh, someone's just gone past on a skateboard. Sorry. Go on, Kerry, give me a good that's not allowed on your street, is it? Give me a good old shout. <laughs> um yeah, I, I it was just it felt crammed full of funny little nods here and there. Um mm. and details like Jazz's slipknot poster and slipknot. Um, I thought it was sound done. It was slipknot signed by Corey Taylor. Oh, okay, because I, I got in touch with my emo crew on the Twitter DMs. I've got a, a group of um, emo friends. So I mm-hmm. asked them about Soundgarden. I was like, what does this mean that Jazza is a Soundgarden fan? But I, I screwed up. Well, I know what it means if he's a Slipknot fan. It just means he's got terrible taste in music. <laughs> I can't say I've ever heard anything by Slipknot. I think it was Slipknot. I'm pretty sure. I, I wrote it down. don't know. Mm. I don't doubt you. You've got to, you know, I mean, I... I will back you and Matthew for um, attention to detail on the archers <laughs> over my own, over me um, anytime. Actually, if, if this, if people wanted to do like a slow kind of like, um, you know, like a sleeper agent where someone's slowly turned <laughs> against their own best interests, this would be a very good forum. You and Matthew just delivering kind of subconscious messages through the, you know, through the podcast. <laughs> and of course he had a traffic cone, didn't he? And uh, I loved it when Jim sent, said, um, there are a lot of tracksuits and training shoes. <laughs> ah, but to be fair to Jazza, Stan Smith's. I know. Quality trainers. So, I mean, on that one, I'm with, with Jazza, not, you know, not Jim. And also, I I think that was, uh, and we've just been saying what good writing Kerry does. I think that even a man of um, Jim's kind of singular interests would kind of know the difference between sports trainers and a pair of Stan Smiths. Mm, but putting in the, the detail that they were Stan Smiths is a Kerry thing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well done. Yeah, very good, very good. Also, the finding of the bong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, playing possum. Jim kind of, um, you know, mm. playing, feigning shock before pointing out that maybe uh, as a as a storied academic, he might might know mm-hmm. what a bong is. What, what was the euphemism? They never said bong, did they? A recreational no. pipe. Well, when he first grabbed it, he sort of went, oh, what is this peculiar contraption that looks like it's for chemical experiments or something? He clearly knew exactly what it was, and he was he was quite reveling in Jazz's squirming. I know that we might be disagreeing later on about Beth, but I'm going to risk even more controversy with you, Kerry, by just mm. asking a question. Does this not show this kind this kind of these scenes that Jazz has given that some of the actors, people like Adam, for example, it's as much what they're asked to do, the scripts they're asked to, to kind of plow through, as it is the quality of their acting. Like Jazza, since he's been given all these opportunities to kind of help Jim um have a proper love life and not just be this kind of one-dimensional sort of like up, um, you know. The actor has been so good, and you, the reason, the thing that reminded me was when you were saying about like you know um, Jim saying, "Oh, is this some kind of scientific implement or something?" <laughs> and uh, Jazza was just hitch perfect and kind of reacting to that and kind of being slightly confused, you know, what, in, in, and how is he going to react? 
And mm. I do think it shows like some, like some, like, you know, for, for, for a long time, Eddie was just this kind of like, you know, one dimensional punchline, but the actor's actually really good. The same with Jazza, the same with actually Kate as well, because she was quite tender today, wasn't she with Brian? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I think what you've done there is talk yourself out of your initial point. Which Never. Is that Adam is an absolutely <laughs> terrible actor person. Have I? Is that what I've done? Yeah, because all the others, you know, even when they're given sort of really obvious single, singular storylines or whatever, or characteristics, they still play them super well. Right. Okay. However, he could be given any manner of exotic or involved storylines and he'd still sound as though he'd been sort of wired slightly incorrectly no jim i love you too yeah he's very like oh handbag yeah about like in every line he says something like that which is why martin freeman can't f- off and keep f- off i do not get how he keeps getting given a joy he's the most actingy actor out there martin freeman he just plays the bloke from the office in every single thing he's in you can see the working parts so much like it's the effort is just screams through the screen well he was good in the office but you know when the person from the office is in the hobbit or whatever else he's in i don't even know i've seen him in other stuff he gets on my nerves as well so we're in agreement about him Okay, well, that's, that's good. Right, okay. Well, so there's um, we can draw the <laughs> sine wave of um, your and my friendship all the way through the podcast. We're, at a, you know, we're at the top at the moment. Should we get the controversy out of the way? Yeah. Can I just say though, the bong? I, I won't go on yeah. about it, but I just thought, excellent. Of course, Jazza would have a bong. Yes. He's exactly the sort of bloke who would have a bong and have a few puffs here and there of an evening in the back garden. Wouldn't he? It's just so I I was so pleased that they put in something very which was a very realistic detail about that character that could be seen to be a little bit controversial. But I hope not, because, you know, it's pretty harmless. Have you ever owned a bong? There have been many bongs in this house. (laughs) There aren't any more. They've been yours, Kerry. Uh, No, they, they have not. No, no, I preferred a little pipe, to be honest. But anyway, yes. none of the paraphernalia exists in my home any longer. But I wouldn't say no to a little, <laughs> little something. It's all protein powders and um, um, a G- um, what's it called? Smoothies these days, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, Kate tried to get Brian to have a smoothie, didn't she? That was really nice. Well, I think I alluded to it, like the mm. sort of gentle scenes between Kate and Brian were quite nice. And um, the, the, the the actor who plays Kate did a really lovely job of sort of like softening, mm-hmm. softening that, you know, rounding the edges off and sort of showing a sort of depth to her care for, for Brian. Because it, it wasn't there in the writing, was it? Like a lot of that was something that she kind of brought to it. Yeah. And, um, and also it didn't, it, you know, Charles Collingwood is just Im- immaculate in all, you know whichever version of brian he's he's asked yeah. to play in the scenes with stella the whole thing anyway why am i talking about brian kerry you should be <laughs> <laughs> well do you know i listened to that episode today and i was sitting here all by myself obviously no one else in this house listens to this stupid program but i was properly laughing my head off at the brian's you know, just the little bits where he's going ooh, oh oh yeah. um and even the beginning of that scene with Brian and Kate, where he was gossiping about the um, divorce party, I really liked that. And then you'll never guess what it wasn't her. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, loved it. He was loving the gossip. I thought, yes, brilliant. 
Um, and then the line where Kate sort of went, um, we better hurry up because we've got ecstatic dance starting at 7.30. <laughs> Oh, I was just imagining Kate's ecstatic dance. I mean, just that phrase, ecstatic dance, is hilarious, isn't it? I was reminded about many, many, when we first started, when we were first friends, Kerry, like ages mm. ago. Oh, God, it must be two two years ago now. Yeah. But um, And goat yoga was on the arches. Oh, yeah. And, and I sort of said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. California used to take Charlotte to goat yoga all the time. And I remember, <laughs> I remember you kind of being like, "What the what?" It's like, "Yes, yeah. I definitely said f- off to that." I thought yes. you were joking, but I do. Um, but I do remember. Oh, I used to love it because I just go and sit in the pub for the whole, you know, duration <laughs> down by the, you know, down on the sitting, looking at the Pacific, drinking a mm. beer, being the good guy who's driven his wife to goat yoga. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> but um, I did think of that when you know mm. when she said ecstatic dance. I was, I was like, of course, ecstatic dance. Anyway, what is it? This is the question. So I'm thinking there's it's got a kind of yogic, kind of shwami sort of like mystic quality. Um, I don't think it's kind of high energy. I think it's kind of like, you know, people trying to kind of uh, find a higher plane through a sort of sort of mystic, rhythmic, um, you know, movement. Oh, my God. I put in ecstatic dance and Brighton came up immediately. There's, this town is probably riven with ecstatic dance isn't it if anywhere's gonna have it and goat yoga i'm gonna type it in as well oh listen to this or oh, ecstatic dance is a form of dance in which the dancers sometimes without the need to follow specific steps abandon themselves to the rhythm and move freely <gasps> this is making me think there's a oh what's peep a peep show is making me think of that there's a scene in peep show isn't there where <laughs> The David Mitchell characters at some sort of class of ecstatic dance, trying to sort of impress a woman. Have you seen that? <laughs> I, I do you know. I've never seen Peep Show. Oh bloody hell, Peter! I've se- I know of scenes, but it fell through. I think you it need was to probably, revisit or visit. I, think I was out of the country when it came back the second time. Right, next question. Kate yeah. has an ecstatic dance class at 7.30. Who in Ambridge goes to the ecstatic dance? Linda. Do you think Joy sort of is rushing around in the ecstatic dance? Joy's Google alerts must be going off like, you know, fireworks. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think Russ goes as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah, do you, yeah you're, do you know, I wouldn't have said that, but you're absolutely right. Russ, Linda, Joy, um, uh, Pat. Maybe because no. she thinks she should. Oh no. no, 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 no! I don't think so. She can't let no. herself go, can she? But I think she thinks she should. That's my point. It's, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing she turns up to because it's part of her personal brand. Yeah, maybe it takes her back to the days where she was uh, in Greenpeace and what have you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I've ruined that. But um, but we need. You've got Russ as a man. Who else might go? Uh, oh, I know Harrison, but not <gasps> Fallon. Possibly Robert. Yeah, because Lind- anything Lindy's up for, Robert's up for, and you know now that um, uh, he he's he's freer with his body after Lillian's intervention, you know he <laughs> might be there. And then um, when he, when she said uh, we're going to do uh, start gently, uh, int- cross legged, and he was like, oh, I haven't sat like this since I was at school. <laughs> and then she said, we're going to do an om chant. He went, no, no chanting. You chant, Kate, and I'll walk. <laughs> yeah. The- the, uh, and also his acting for being uh, a man of advanced years, getting mm. down and not in the dance sense, was immaculate. 
I mean, yeah. you, you really believed that here was a, an old man. Oh, there was a there was a Latvian joke as well. Was it in amongst all of this? Yeah, because Kate said Namaste, and Brian said Gerolitis. <laughs> yes, is he Latvian? I, I think I'm pretty sure he, Vitas Gerolitis is a Latvian tennis player. I really appreciated that joke because that is a very very niche, is it not? Yeah, I know. Uh, let me see if I've got that wrong. This is going to be f-ing embarrassing, isn't it? Here we are, Lithuanian Kerry. No. Oh, is he really? Oh, no, that's terrible. My mum will be shouting at this when she listens on uh, Sunday. Sorry, mum. Yeah, well, you would, you know, I mean, it, they are different countries, but, you know, you could have been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, If it was like Vitas Gerolitis, the famous Korean um, tennis player, that might have been, you know, that, that is provably more wrong than Lithuania. Yeah. But the thing about them both in the end, Kate and Brian, they both got this mutual appreciation going on, didn't they? And that was a beautiful thing. I really enjoyed Mm. that because, yes, he he has poo-pooed spiritual home in the past, as have we all. But he's like, no, actually, you know, you've got a little thing going, a good, not a little thing, that's patronising, a good thing going here. It is a legitimate business. I'm proud of you. And I, Mm. I thought that was a very touching moment. It did slightly make me worry that he's going to die though, because yeah. <laughs> again, because he's sort of, you know, what she'll be thinking is, Oh, and he said he was so proud of me just before he cocked it sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I sent you a message, didn't I? Just before today's show saying, uh, please don't let Brian die. Yeah. Um, but they set it up very elegantly, didn't they? Because obviously Brian is such a, you know, uncompromising man. So they needed to, it It was going to need, so they've set mm. Brian up as take, you know, as following Mike Tucker's path and sort of, you know, getting down with his um, chakras. <laughs> um, but, you know, Stella's intervention was good because it sort of set up the plot for the next few months in terms of Brian and wrestling with his health. And there's bound to be some little slip, hilarious slip ups along the way, maybe sort of, mm. you know, uh, Lillian inspired, I imagine. Um, but then also it kind of enabled Kate, that moment with Kate. It didn't seem forced, you know. It wasn't just like, yeah. oh, you know. she Kate didn't have to do all of the arm twisting, which made it all the more kind of poignant. Yes, he even admitted to feeling more relaxed at the end of it than he had at the beginning as well. I can imagine that you and I are quite Brian-like in our attitude to yoga. I would really like to do yoga. I just don't want to do any of the spiritual bollocks. Yeah, or the yoga. <laughs> Well, you don't you don't like the idea of a nice sort of like um sort of hour of stretching and just getting rid of all the cricks and all of the achy bits i don't really have any is that what the pub does? Bits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it's true i ought to i i, I can't imagine it at all no mm. i just it's not my bag whatsoever i i, I can get with the idea of meditating a bit I did a stupid tweet about meditating at the bus stop the other day. Um, I thought I'd take the time at the bus stop to do some meditation. So I had this um, chant, meditative chant in my mind, which was, when's the fucking bus coming? When's the fucking bus coming? Did you get told us by the internet for that? No, went down No, okay. Well. I, thought, I thought, sorry, just, we've been told off quite a few times recently, so I thought that might be where you were going, that you were, you were, mo- you were, 
chastised for mocking. Um, yeah, it makes a change, just, doesn't it? This is mm. the, this is the this is the irony, right? The people who are supposed to be the most chill, right? You know, the the, mm. the kind of uh, the people seeking that kind of uh, Zen enlightenment also seem to be the people who are completely unable to take any kind of criticism of their mm. their lifestyle. Like it's like it's like, look, you know, just take a chill pill. Um, yo, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Yogi, let's just calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let us let us mock and ridicule you. <laughs> well, no, not quite. You know, fair point. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Mm. Um, okay. For instance, you know, you and Matthew make light of my coffee obsession, right? And then you have sort of like you have sort of you have sort of made gasping noises when I've told you how much I've spent on a kettle or whatever. And then once we've talked about it a bit more, it's been kind of like, oh, okay, fair enough, whatever. You know, like yeah. the, the mocking. The mocking sort of um, sort of disappears when I when I start to cry. <laughs> I think mocking is part of how you. It's kind of affectionate, isn't it? In a way, it's sort of almost I have to. If you mention that you've spent X amount, oh, yeah, Matthew, yeah. you have to sort of <laughs> ramp it right up, make it really extreme, yeah. really take the piss out of you. But of course, like we, you spend that on that because it's a lovely hobby that you've got. Whereas we spend loads of money on really stupid stuff. So the thing is, though, is if you do something ridiculous like spending fifteen minutes to make a cup of coffee in the morning, and fuss over how fine the grounds are and watch endless videos about it, if you don't have a little voice in the back of your head going, "This is fucking ridiculous," <laughs> then then you're that you're the problem, right? And the same thing with goat mm-hmm. yoga, with ecstatic dancing, with you know uh, all of these kind of mysticisms. So, you know, like, even if they, even if you find them incredibly valid and useful and wonderful. You must mm. still kind of like be able to permit people to have a bit of a giggle at them. I mean, yeah. sure, it, anyway. It's pomposity, isn't it? That's the yeah. the revolting thing about anything. People who are pompous about stuff. Mm. Down with pomposity. <laughs> Is that your manifesto? Down with um, pomposity. Yeah. yeah for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think Good. I would say, I, I mean, I, I um, like, you know, Matthew's lived abroad for, for many, many years and I, know that when I lived abroad and then came back, it took me a while to get back into the groove of being back in, back in the UK. But like, you know, there's, there's lots of positive things about, um, about Britain, but one of the mm. ones that sort of, one of the things that I think does no one we don't talk about is like, is there's this kind of weird relationship with pomposity, isn't there? Like, you know, you're not, mm. it's like tall poppy syndrome. You're not allowed to be super passionate in, in a way that, like, for instance, like, take Serge Gainsbourg. Imagine if a British person tried to behave like Serge Gainsbourg. <laughs> Just be absolutely <laughs> smashed to pieces. How dare yeah. you be so sincere and sexual and kind of, you know, like, absolutely honest in about your, about your feelings and wants. Mm, yeah. How, what a good point. Yeah. Oh, so I do think that's something. So Kerry mm. Warby standing on a manifesto of um, sincerity and, 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 and nixing pomposity in Brighton. Although, you no, know, you probably have to promise not to go up against Caroline Lucas, though. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. Can't beat her, can you? Mag- magnificent woman she is. You go and take Beck, you go and do Bex Hill. She can have um, Brighton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um, speaking of pomposity and that right. kind of vibe. I'm trying to lead really clunkily into... Oh, we didn't do the advert at the we beginning. We didn't do adverts, did we? Okay, everyone excuse the clunky advert at the beginning that I'm going to insert later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a really clunky advert break at the beginning. But, uh, you know, anyway, oh, does it make it okay. better than I've interrupted? Anyway, uh, nah, what, what well, who's, who's the pompous person? 
No, it's not really pomposity, but it was it was to do with, uh, which is why it's a clunky little link with um, Vince ordering champagne and the nine course uh, tasting menu, and the fact that he knew what an amuse bouche was. He's he's actually, you know he's quite a sophisticated guy, really, isn't he? And I think he gets even his kids mocking him. Uh, well, um, yeah, I think Beth did say something like, "Oh, you've come a long way since uh, the name of the school that he used to go to." high grove or something was it mm. um yeah i just like that he he enjoys treating people doesn't he um and in quite a flamboyant way he'll you know he, he was encouraging them to have the nine course tasting menu and actually all they really wanted was oh and he knew what escabeche was as well i actually thought of you when he was at uh you know the the sort of the op- his opposite is kind of sort of karmic opposite and david's mm. and he sort of turned up on un- sort of unannounced and then um obviously the two kids had had some success um mm-hmm. and with his pretending to be a nurse of course and beth with her you know um whatever it was bonus mm. and then he immediately he's like right that's it okay as soon as business is over off to the pub and i was like thank you vince yes <laughs> this is exactly what how to behave if you're massively rich like it's not the money, you know, the money is not there for, the money is not there for show. It's not there for, you know, for flexing, uh, you know, for kind of like comparing bank balances. It's for buying your friends and family nice meals and going and enjoying yeah. yourself with people. Which neatly brings in Beth, who wanted to pay for her round and you hate her. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> do, do we have to do the tired little dance? As usual, to give the, in real life, blah, 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 but this isn't real life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. As a character, as in a show that I'm supposed to be enjoying. So this week was wonderful. I enjoyed everything about it, except for the fact that Beth and um, Ben are so do-goody and tediously sort of righteous and just the, kind of the way that they were kind of like sort of shocked and horrified by Steph's behavior. And then just the counterpoint, the constant juxtaposition with Steph, who's so much fun. She's like a young Kate just completely mm. hypocritical, completely wrapped up in herself, wildly overacted in a good yes. way. Like, you know, just leaning into the script like crazy. And I just, you know, like as whenever Steph or Vince were talking, I was like, yes, brilliant. And then oh, bloody Beth would come in like, you know, I can't believe you. Don't call me Bethy. I can't believe you've done that. And it's just, oh, God, shut up, miserable cow. And then but I'm wrong, though, apparently. Oh, no, no. It's just you tweeted, f- off beth yes i did and yes. uh, a couple of us including me sort of went oh do you mean beth or do you mean steph because steph was very annoying this week for a lot of us because of all the things that you've just described you know the sort of really over egging everything um my life is over and do you not think she's like russ she's like a kind of new, like another russ no. no no i don't think of her in the same way at all no I don't like all this princess nonsense. Yeah, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. In the same way as you are, um, how can we put this politely, willing to be wildly wrong in order to protect your love of Brian, to save, you know, to keep the cast <laughs> of love you have for Brian intact. I think I have the same thing with Vince. Mm. I must keep my love for Vince intact. And if it means appearing stupid or, or like everyone thinking I'm wrong, then so be it. You know, I'm, it must stay secure. What do you think the story is be- be behind the Beth and Steph 
I know siblings can be different, obviously, but the treatment of her and her personality is wildly different. And she is the princess. And Vince is very much like, you know, picking up the pieces, whatever you want, I will get you. It's really sickening. Mm. Um, and that's not the case as far as Beth's concerned. Also, I didn't know Beth worked at that Rodway's place. I must have missed that memo along the way. Yeah, that was that 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 I yeah. And also the scene with her and Ruth was um was quite hard for me to take as well. The oh and it doesn't hurt to suck up to my mother in law. <laughs> uh or whatever it was she said. Yeah. So you were saying about the fact that they're so different and about what the sort of genesis of that kind of Yeah, and the treatment of them both by Vince really, you know. Yeah. It's very panda panda panda. I don't think it holds water that a man as clear as open-eyed and as clear thinking as Vince would have a blind spot that big. So mm. I could understand that he would have a favorite and it'd be like, Oh, my princess and all that stuff kind of was true. But when she basically said, Oh, I lied to you. And I've been having a five month affair during my nine month marriage. I did think it was implausible that Vince wouldn't just snap out of it a little bit to say, Oh, well, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a hard. Yeah, definitely. You should say what, what this is, you know, morally, corrupt this is not a way to treat your husband at all you've let yourself down here yeah although you know they were supposed to be into swinging weren't they but it seems like i don't think vince knows that no no i didn't mean for vince but i just mean you know they're into having um threesomes or or more but they don't like their partner having a twosome Which is fine, fair enough. There's a few comments on Twitter about that, like people like, "Oh, but I thought they swung." It's like, yeah, but that's not how it works. It's not no. like a, it's not like a, uh, a, a pass to just go and sleep with whoever you want. There's got to be, there's mm. still consent. There's still kind of three way triangular consent. Is that a phrase? It is now um, possibly? But I did. I I liked Beth when she went unbelievable. I just remembered I've got an appointment with the real world. I was cheering. It was like. Good, yes. It was just sickening, I thought. I don't think it was smug, though, the way she said it. It's like, well, I've got an appointment with the real world. Well, she didn't say it like that, Peter. That's what I heard. <laughs> um, I just thought it would be bloody annoying. I was going to say to be Beth, but I didn't mean it in the way that you, you mean it. But to watch that going on. Yeah. I mean, the histrionics about, oh, I've been cheated on, my life is over, and going to bloody Ruth and Davis and wanting a um, divorce party. Yes, but glasses half full, Kerry. You've got to see David absolutely shitting the bed over the whole thing and almost, it's almost suffering a Brian, as it's now known, and clutching, going down, clutching his chest. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that, but, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I found her very... Yeah, we've got to agree to disagree, haven't we, here, with the Stephs and the Beths of the world. As usual, our fundamental our fundamental sort of rules and laws are still synchronised, mm. but, you know, there's it's just a question of taste, isn't it, or how it's expressed. I just, I think what it is, is I've had, so, there's, there's been so much kind of sincerity um, and uh, and kind of like, you know, important life lessons being taught yeah. in the Archers recently, and I may be would have a bit more room for the Beths and Brian uh, Ben's of this world. You know, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for six months of listening to Alice and Chris and all this stuff, but we have yeah. listened to all that. So I'm tired. I want, I want more Jazza and Jim and, you know, silly Oh Chelsea. That last scene with Chelsea, as I said earlier, was just wonderful. Yeah. 
So do you think she's actually going to stay there any length of time? Or is that just daft? What, moving to gyms? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, they did They did hint at... Am I, am I mad? Or they? It was pretty obvious they were hinting at that, right? It seemed so, but really? Do you reckon that will happen? I hope so. You know, I really do. I think that'd be... I mean, it could go one of two ways, though, couldn't it? Because it could be... What's the, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm trying to think of? I don't try and repeat the same thing twice, uh, hoping for the same result. Like, you know... Oh, right, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. But I just... <laughs> yeah. um, I, Jazza and Jim was such a special thing. Um, mm. Or maybe they could play on that. Maybe, um, you know, Jim will think he can... He needs he he needs young people in his life, and he'll find out. No, it's mm. not young people. It's it's very specifically Jazza, or um, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun if it happened. And and don't forget that oh, God, um, yeah. a while back, um, Chelsea and Jim did have some really lovely interactions when she was temporarily staying there. True. Did you think um, her waitressing was just mad? Sort of absolutely batshit crazy how she was approaching it i don't I, I what annoyed me about it was it was very very crass and i don't think she would be like that no i've said the same thing about tracy haven't i it's like it's not they might be rough around the edges but they're not thick and they're not completely mm. socially unaware the idea that being um uh, chelsea's not ill-educated but you know she's not yeah. completely her education she's young tracy's you know not educated but just being working class doesn't mean you're completely unaware of how to behave in kind of like social settings. Yeah. Well, in a job situation. Yeah, precisely. It's your job, yeah. I love Chelsea and I, it annoys me when she's made to be so garish. You've been back in touch with the actor, haven't you, Kerry? I have indeed, yeah. She's looking forward to coming on our podcast in September time. She's really busy at the moment, but yeah, she yeah. listens to us and she's wanting to be a guest. Yeah, so, but um, I mean, if I remember, we did say some very warm and affectionate things about about um, all of her fine work before she agreed to be on the pod. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so no, 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 any accusations of sucking up are, are <laughs> deeply unfair. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Kerry, uh, should we chuck one of those adverts in? Do it. Brilliant. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Kerry, um, that was probably an amazing advert for, do you know what I've been getting a lot of? Adverts from Acast telling me that I should be a podcaster. Have you been getting those? <laughs> I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. You too can make a podcast. Well, I know. One. <laughs> I know yeah, and I don't want anyone else to make one. <laughs> So, Kerry, you wanted to talk about Natasha and her um, strange diabetes death wish cake. <laughs> well, I just thought, oh, come on. Natasha won the mar the um, Marshmallow Madness uh, pudding competition, didn't mm. she? And when, she list when they listed the ingredients of it, 
uh, as a diabetic. It was a funny joke, wasn't it? Because she's diabetic, that she'd put everything into it that you could possibly think of that has sugar involved. So it was marshmallows, chocolate buttons, flakes, chocolate sauce, coconut, icing sugar, meringues, golden syrup and raspberry syrup. Yeah. Yeah. So that it won because kids ate it. <laughs> and now it's going to be served in the tea room, isn't it? I've done some accidental field research this week. Um, if you go to Centre Parks, <laughs> they have weaponized ice cream counters mm-hmm. and they are positioned at all the most inconvenient moments so that your children scream and beg for one. And Cyrus made an absolute beeline for the marshmallow ice cream. And that's what he yeah. wanted. That's what he stuck his face in. And that's the one that got finished and coated him from his toes to, you know, the top of his head. So oh. as as disgusting as it sounded, I would say they got that bang on. Yeah. So you had some marshmallow madness yourself at Centre Parks. I did have it because I am, um, you know, as you'll, you'll remember, Kerry, one of the the tax that the child pays for the eventual horrendous cleanup is you help clean up their ice cream, don't you? Or just tidy up for you. <laughs> a little tidy yes. up there. Oh, it's tripping. Oh, it's always tripping, isn't it? We're, we're, oh, half is gone. <laughs> so, yeah, I did have quite a lot of marshmallow madness. Mm. So do you feel all rested after your break? Oh, I do. I had a really nice time. I, uh, mm. um, I did... Now, some people might argue that sharing a small bungalow with your mother and mother-in-law and a toddler might not be the most restful thing that you can do, but I would disagree. And it was it worked really well. So yeah, it was a good time. And uh, you had a you had a um, you you had a sprawling jubilee weekend. Mm, I want more four day weekends that involve a Thursday and a Friday, please. So if the Queen could turn have her seventieth um, thingy more often, that'd be great. <laughs> so um, Kerry, Twitter, yes, how's it doing? Uh, uh, what's the what are the details? We're doing very, very well. Uh, let me check off. Yeah, I need to get on there because lots of people have followed us and I haven't followed them back. Uh, yeah. I've been a bit remiss. But yeah. yeah, I've got some emails I need to I need to respond to. So apologies to anyone who, um, but it's been a, an insane week and a half. So sorry about that. Mm. Uh, I've got an empty weekend ahead. I'm very much looking forward to that. So I'll get properly all over the Twitters. Yeah, we are at the Cider Shed pod. I'm pretty sure that anyone who listens to this probably already knows that. I often feel that when I say this, but you know, we do have a steady uptick. So I think there is a sort of you know there there it is surprise. I mean I'm I I do often think like are we reaching critical mass because there's you know there's what is it four million archers listeners. So yeah. Like you know there must be a very hard ceiling for all of the archers podcasts in terms of how many people they can um they can attract especially when you know um some people don't like smugness so that you know that that might rule us out but um (laughs) so i've just i just say the our instagram one is sorry if i had to sorry this sounds clunky but i've just had to look it up because matthew always does this (laughs) (laughs) so the instagram one is the cider shed pod matthew's in charge of that and the facebook one is kerry i think it's the same isn't it it's the cider shed pod I think it's got. It, I think it's got podcast in it. Ah, okay. All right. Let me just... I never go near Facebook, but I'm pretty sure Matthew always says that it's at the Side Shed podcast. 
I'm sure if you type the slideshow into something, into the search function on Facebook, something will come up. And if you want to email us, it's hello at the slideshow.com. Uh, please get in touch. Please, or, but more importantly, please review us, preferably on Apple. And uh, also, if you have any thoughts about Patreon amounts, what seems appropriate, then please ping me an email on, uh, as I said, hello at sideshed.com, because we are going to do that over the next couple of weeks. And we want it to be, we want it to not seem obnoxious. Um, and we want people to contribute if they think that's something that's appropriate. But also, we don't want to seem like we are money grubbing fiends. So, no, yeah, we're not that at all. No. Yeah. Thank you, K Lady B. 2432 for your fabulous review uh that's the latest one that we've had on itunes thank you so much they do always put a bounce on our step because matthew or kerry always share them and so they ping up on my phone and it's always a a lovely little surprise to see some kind words because um you know this is uh this is it's i mean it's not it's not i wouldn't call it hard work kerry is it but it's definitely it's quite sort of a it takes time and effort it's not hard work yeah but we need we need as many five star reviews as we can after exactly, some yeah. someone gave us a one star recently. The little, but, but see, I'm <laughs> such a masochist. I loved that. I absolutely loved it. I was just like, "Good on you." I shouldn't be saying. Well, so did I mean we sh- we shared it on Twitter. We we made we made light yeah. of it, didn't we? But Jesus Christ, it's some people, honestly. I see, I'm fascinated by the by anyone who leaves reviews like on. You know, when you go on like a, a, you go to your local pizza restaurant and someone's left mm. like a 15 paragraph review, and it's like, uh, one can tell that their buffalo mozzarella was locally sourced and not, in, um, and not an authentic Italian product. And it's like, my God, you know, you think you're <laughs> Jay Rayner and you're doing um, Bob's Pizzeria in Catford. Mm. I mean, it's absolute madness. So I do, you know, I do appreciate, but you know what I'm saying? Like this, this something... Mm. The, I do. I mean, if someone really dislikes us and feels like a one-star mm. review is necessary, I get. I, I respect that. Oh, they should do it. Yeah. But I also wonder about the the motivation. Yeah, exactly. And they they'd previously left a five star, then moved it down to three because we had some archers guests on, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a one because they think we're smug. And I, you know, smugness is horrible, but I think we just laugh at each other. As, we find each other funny, so that might be irritating to people who don't yeah. find any of us funny. And okay, so let's make a hard commitment, Kerry. We will stop finding yeah. each other funny. This yeah. is today's the last day. Um, I'll tell Matthew um, we can okay. have a this week about how we're going to reformat the podcast to try and yeah. sort of exercise any humour from it. Yep, and we won't have Chelsea on again because that's annoying to everybody to have any um, Archer's characters come on here. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Deal. Well, um, bring back Matthew. Let's see him next. Looking forward to hearing what he's been up to next week. We might it, we might have to double the runtime to accommodate all of the um, uh, uh, all of the, the stories from um, his Portuguese festival. I can't. I can, I can never even remember the name, Kerry. Primavera Sound. That's a salad, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Probably. Is it an escabeche? See you next week. Hang on.